Hi, I'm uh, Dr. Carmen Poliafito, and I'm here today with Professor Anat Lowenstein, who's the director of the Department of Ophthalmology at the Tel Aviv Medical Center in Israel. And uh, welcome, Anat, to Retina Synthesis. Thank you so much, Carmen, for this kind invitation. I'm very thrilled to participate in that. Uh, we're here to talk about your presentation at the Angiogenesis 2021 meeting, Home OCT Monitoring of Neovascular AMD. So Anat, tell us a little bit about your presentation. It was fascinating. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's really, um, I'm excited to see that uh, this uh, specific presentation among all these exciting new drugs and everything that you showed, uh, was, you found it interesting. So basically what we were able to show is that there is a fully integrated homo CT system that can be used by subject that have neovascular macular degeneration. Um, and it can be used by them at home, be installed by them. And they're able to capture gradable images that are mounted on a cloud and uh, evaluated by artificial intelligence uh, technology to uh, see how much fluid they have and the dynamics of fluid. Along with this, uh, we propose a novel reporter reporting parameters uh, of the temporal dynamics of the retinal fluid volume, uh, something that uh, was not shown before, at least not in that manner. So we are talking about, um, it is an investigational system that looks at uh, only at the central 10 degrees of the macula, but uh, we found out that uh, more than 95% of the lesions are there and the activity is there. And uh, it has uh, automated uh, data transmission ability to a cloud and uh, artificial intelligence based uh, analyzer algorithm, the NOAA, provide the fluid quantification. And uh, the system is actually based on this. So uh, the NOAA uh, is looking at the B scans, is doing uh, what you know what what the box does, and then provides segmentation of the of, the, of these B scans and provides a fluid uh, report map that has a, a fluid thickness map and a temporal graph that shows what happens uh, with the patients. Uh, what I, we already presented the technology many times in the past, but uh, what we presented here was actually the first time that longitudinal data was presented, because in all the previous studies, we, what we did was a home mimicking environment in the office, but now actually we provided the patients uh, with the ability to self-install the technology and to capture their own images. They were supposed to use it for a month uh, on a daily manner. Patients were not young. They were all above uh, 70 years of age. I mean, age was 74. And basically uh, most of them were able to provide uh, gradable images. Um, and not all of them, but most of them were able to provide gradable images. And you know, it's not for everyone, but even very elderly patients are able to, uh, to use the technology. And this is actually also very reassuring uh, that uh, even very old patients can, uh, can use the technology. And actually the, 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 their, their, um, their performance improved with time. So uh, with time, first of all, the time was shorter per eye. It's, it's very short. It's about 40 seconds per eye, all during this, the, the, this uh, short-term everyday study. And then uh, more than 90% of the images were uh, accept, had acceptable quality that could be graded. 
uh, when we looked at uh, then the NOAA grading of these self-capture images mounted by a cloud and compared them to, a to human graders, then the agreement for all fluid, intraretinal fluid or subretinal fluid was, was very, very high. It was all more than 93% for intraretinal fluid, which we know is the most important, it reached 97%. Um, and we were able to provide the fluid thickness maps and uh, also for subretinal fluid, for interretinal fluid and for uh, the total amount of fluid. And uh, when we looked at uh, the dice coefficient uh, comparing human graders and the NOAA, it, was, uh, it all gave excellent results. Uh, that show that it uh, it is as at least comparable, and also when you look at um, at when you look at the graph that uh, in Pearson correlation graph that compares human uh, graders versus NOAA, also it was almost a diagonal line uh, of 45 degrees uh, with the, um, the the coefficient being more than 0 0.99. And uh, what was nice, I think, is that we showed some cases uh, longitudinally, showing exactly what happened. So some of them have a, a immediate decrease of subretinal fluid for a, when we started the follow-up. And then you can see when it reaches a peak and the great response of the fluid two days after giving the injection. Or another patient that had different dynamics that there was at least stable fluid, at the beginning, stable fluid at enrollment. And then there was fast response to treatment with a very uh, good, um, really complete resolution. Some people had initial subretinal fluid fluctuations and, and then a stable growth until it reached a path. Another nice thing was that we could show that some patients had, let's say, some intraretinal cysts that at the beginning we couldn't say if it is active or just an atrophic cyst. Later on, when we saw that it's exactly the same all over the time with and without treatment, you can actually detect if it's active or not. So I just think that uh, we were able to show that um, we do, we, we can show some different uh, nomenclature for fluid dynamics because of the daily follow-up of the patients. And we proposed some, uh, some uh, new definitions such as fluid presence interval, fluid free interval and so forth. So all of this needs to be of course discussed and, uh, and, uh, and further investigated. Well, it really provides uh, an opportunity to, to get new information about the dynamics of treatment because Really, exactly. you're monitoring patients in a way that they've really never been monitored before. And, exactly. And uh, what what do you think about the potential of this really as a as a research tool and not simply as a clinical monitoring tool? I th I think it's 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 really a very exciting as a research tool because you can know from about various drugs or various technologies, especially now that we are talking about long term technologies. So in the pa in the in the patients that can get either so a specific drug, uh, they can hold three weeks, uh, three months. So what happens when they approach the three months? What happens exactly daily uh, around the time when they need treatment and it actually can also provide like a real PRN system because you know exactly when to treat. Uh, mm -hmm. in, in some of the patients, you can see that the patient uh, actually got the fluid coming back uh, two days after he was in his uh, treat and extend visit, uh, where according to what was seen in the treat and extend visit, he could be further extended. But a day later, he had fluid, so maybe it needs to be looked at differently. So it's definitely a new way to evaluate the performance of uh, new drugs and technologies. I'd like to talk a little bit about the device itself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how good vision do patients need to have to use the device? Well, yeah, they do need to have some uh, quite a good, I mean, they need to have some vision, but we had patients that were 2320 and could still use the technology. So it's uh, it's not a, uh, because they, it's not functional. They don't need to, to perform to do anything. They just put their head in. Of course, if they're NLP and they cannot find the device at home, it, can, <laughs> it cannot be used, but yeah. But uh, it can be used over a wide range of uh, visual acuities and also in a wide range of ages. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's quite user-friendly. So are both eyes scanned simultaneously or is it one eye at a time? One eye at a time. One eye at a time. And, and it's about 30 to 40 seconds per eye. And the patients uh, know that the scan is complete with an auditory signal. Is that how it works? Right. Yeah. And uh, how, how large is the system? It's small. It's like... Uh, it's a, like I would say, um, uh, it's mo- like a small laptop computer or something like that. How far away are we from being able to buy this system? So actually, it's not positioned to be bought at all. It's it's actually positioned to be uh, let to the right. patient, rent, uh, rented uh, rent. Yeah, the patient is going. It it it's not something that you'll go to the pharmacy and right. buy. It's something that you'll get a prescription from a physician. A physician will send it to the clinical center that uh, the, the, the company has. Uh, you know, they already have a lot of experience with the PHP. So they have this clinical center and they will distribute the device to the patient's homes with the prescription of the physician. And the physician is uh, responsible and reimbursed for the fact that he has a patient in the system and for the fact that he is uh, overviewing the data. So he will have access to the images 24 seven, but will get an alert when there is, a, and you know, his assistant can get the alert, everyone can uh, set it the way he wants, but the, the physician is in charge and he is reimbursed for that too. And uh, actually, uh, I think uh, it's not far. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's waiting for FDA approval and uh, it's, uh, it's not far from being able to be used. It's already, it's already going to be implemented in multiple big pharma trials. Um, how do you think this will be used in clinical practice? Which, which kind of patients will you be using this I'll tell you, I I think that if you have a patient that you know that needs treatment monthly and is getting treatment monthly and he cannot cope with any other thing, maybe it's not so useful for him. But if there is a patient that you know that you want to extend and that you want to uh, monitor in a way that he doesn't need to come to the clinic when it's not an injection day, uh, then I will definitely uh, have them use the technology at first. And then later on, maybe all the patients. So, also, for now, most of our studies are for AMD, but we already have data for DME. So, uh, and, and, you know, we're, the, it's only a matter of resources, but uh, the, the, I think uh, the company will also look at other disease processes. Uh, in many of these patients, they had dry disease in one eye. How does this compare to PHP in terms of sen- sen- sensitivity detection? It's, it's totally different. You can, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Uh, I think that for CNV detect, it was not looked at and compared in terms of sensitivity, but I think that for, sensi- for detection of new CNV, uh, the PHP is the right answer. 
uh, it has been proved for that. It has been studies. There is all the science there that shows that it is uh, it detects the CNV earlier than symptoms. Um, so uh, for that, it's uh, it's excellent. Yes, if a patient is monitored in uh, for one eye for treatment and you will develop a CNV in the other eye, the homocity will also detect it. But it was not compared to the PHP. Okay. Well, listen. Thanks so much for your uh, time. And, thank you. Uh, this... Thank you for this exciting invitation. It's thank an honor you. for me, Carmen. Thank you. Thank you very much. And have a have a good day. Thank bye -bye. you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.